0: Let's get it with this show. I'm, I'm excited. Generation Z. We have some people on the table. Um, Roger, can you tell us who is at the table?
1: Wow. Wow. I tell you, we are so excited to have with us uh, from the southern Florida area, uh, a student at Nova um, I'm not sure what Nova means. I didn't get that part in the, in the bio. She, she can share that with us. We're so glad to have Samantha uh, Grady with us. She is here as a Gen Z, second year at, uh, in college. Along with that, we, along with her, we have with us Pax Fordham from Oakwood University. And with us also is my good friend. Uh, he is the Associate Director for Youth Ministries for the North American Division, Pastor Bandion Griffin.
2: Woo! We have the bishop in the house. <laughs> the apostle himself.
1: Yes,
2: praise <laughs> God. So, uh, first of all, before we jump all the way in, we're going to go right across the top. Samantha 30 seconds just to say hello, greet folk, anything you want to tell us about yourself, about school, about life. You got 30 seconds. It's carte blanche. It's all yours starting now.
3: Okay, well, hello everyone. My name is Samantha Grady. Um, I am a sophomore in NOVA. NOVA doesn't really stand for anything, it's just what we're called, NOVA Southeastern University. Um, I'm on the pre med track trying to become a doctor, Dr. Grady, hopefully one day soon. Um, And yeah, I just, I mean, I love talking, I love um, just bringing people and helping people. All
2: right, all right. Apostle Van Dion Griffin, you've got 30. We're going to give you 35 seconds as a division man. You can just introduce yourself, tell us anything you want the people to know beginning now. Go. Well, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praises shall continually be
4: in my mouth. Oh, magnify the Lord no i just i just uh I'm glad to be here with you guys, man and uh hey, listen when you guys start having those technical difficulties, man, I said, well, you know i'm 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 known to get a prayer through, man, so it's my prayers that fix the
2: system. Just be aware. just be aware of it. <laughs> <laughs> glad to be on with you all today. All right. And then finally, we have the OC Meister himself is in the house from Oakwood University. Pax, 30 seconds, man. Whatever you want to say to whoever you want to say it to. Go.
5: Thank you. Um, I'll try my best. My name is Pax Fordham. I think you already mentioned that I'm a freshman at Oakwood University. I'm a first year studying film and television under communications. I uh, hail from Nashville, Tennessee. I've been there for about 15 years, and uh, I'm excited to be here.
2: Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, Dr. Wade, what's our our first question, man?
1: Well, listen, I I just want to throw this in, Pax. If you want to help us out over here, you can see we need some (laughs) help. Filming technology.
2: There's an apprenticeship (laughs) in the works.
1: (laughs) But listen, listen, guys, we are so excited about we spent some time last week with some millennials. And we are excited. Uh, excited. We were excited to excited. learn who millennials were, what they're about. So we, we, we since we're here with Gen Zs, uh, how would you describe Generation Z? What, 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 what uh what would you say can uh, our listeners know to to understand who a Gen Zer is? Anyone?
3: I guess. Um, sorry. Um, I like, I did this, I was thinking about this question, and honestly, the only term I could use us, and bear with me, but is that we're spoiled. Meaning that we are the most determined people you've ever met. We're so used to getting our way and we're so used to having justice and making sure that we're raised in a community with like love and whatnot that if we see something wrong we are going to call you out on it so we're just very determined and I mean I just love that about our generation so at least that's my opinion right.
5: that's good yeah I, I, I would agree with Samantha in the idea that we are very willing to call things out I feel like Since we're, I guess we're the first generation that's been like 100% raised with um, a lot of technology and a lot of information, we are a little bit more suspicious to organized institutions and traditions (laughs) and things that we have been told works. Um, So we crave authenticity. And just like Samantha said, we're willing to call things out, I would think.
4: Man, you know, I'm not a Gen Z. Um, but I am a parent of a Gen Z, and it's about two billion of those rascals around this world, man. Uh, they <laughs> are working. huge in number, yes. and they are major brand influencers. And I think we got to keep that in mind. They, they, uh, they, they are social media drivers. They, they, I mean, they're into pop culture like no other uh, uh, group. And uh, and I think that we have to keep in mind that. You know, this group is a group that was born into uh, what we call like the crisis period of terrorism, you mm-hmm. know. Wow. And so they they've they've kind of just been born right into it where we have just kind of experienced it as we've kind of gone along in life uh, itself. And, uh, you know, they are they, they are predicted to spend their young adult years in uh, in a time of economic and social renewal, um that's that's the group that we are talking about today early adopters brand influencers and they're definitely into uh, the pop culture as leaders
1: mm-hmm. wow. wow you know we we did have a follow-up question in trying to figure out what were the differences but i think just in what you shared shows us the difference between the millennials that we had last week and even the, the gen x's and the baby boomers because there is this generation as you shared um rarely pops in terms of make trying to make things right, calling things for what mm-hmm. they are and putting and and putting an effort into making that happen so I, I mean I don't know what else can be added to show some differences I don't know if you have have come up with anything else that 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 shows a difference between this generation, your generation and the other generations before you
4: you're talking to me you, you or uh, oh, anyway. yeah. Well, I mean, I can tell you between my generation, I'm a Gen Xer. So I'm a parent of, you know, Gen Xers are almost exclusively parents of Gen Zs, um, uh, almost exclusively. And uh, the difference I can tell you between us and them is they have a different attitude about technology and money.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and money. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Um, and I don't know, maybe, maybe uh, I stand to be corrected because, you know, Pax and Samantha are on here, but I have a Gen Z in my house and uh, well, she's not in my house at the moment, but you know, she's at Pine Forge, but you know, they, they spend a lot of time with technology, you know, as a gen, as a Gen Xer, I spent, I spend time with it, but not like, like them. Like for example, um, they, 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 they was they will be online or spend time online, probably uh, about ten hours or so, average, as sounds opposed. Sounds about to right. <laughs> <laughs> said, "Sounds about right." As opposed to me, who was around about seven and a half hours, and part of that is because of my need to stay connected. If it were not for that, I mean, I Dr. Henry passed away. Can we just be honest? There's no way we would be on you know, social media, seven and a half hours a day. I mean, it's just, it's just not happening, but they see it as a comfort level. The other difference is they're more likely to make mobile purchases than we are. Now we're learning to get there, but that's where they are. They just kind of live there. You know, Kaylin is, um, and I'm glad she's not watching today, but Kaylin is forever getting Amazon boxes at our home.
2: I think Kaylin just popped up in the comments. Oh, I'm playing.
4: I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> I mean, yo, I mean, and I'm I'm begging Kim at times, my wife, to to honey, just get it online, you know? And she's like, nah, I gotta go in the store and get it. My daughter, click, you know, and all we know is, you know, somebody's knocking on a door and there's a package at the door. So, you know, they they're more likely to make mobile purchases uh than, than we are, and they both spend both both of us spend a lot of time like I said on uh, on social media but our so our 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 media of choice uh, and I don't want to dominate but you know we're we're the Facebookers <laughs> and uh, you don't know what you're really doing on Instagram and Twitter you're trying you know I saying but the majority of us you know we don't even know how to do a, a, do a right hashtag we got about fifteen words behind a hashtag you know I mean but they have figured this thing out. They they yeah. do not like Facebook. They are your 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 Instagram um, people. So
0: you know what? It, it's interesting, uh, Pastor. That um, you know I have kids too that are in this age group as well. I mean they're you know at Oakwood, and um, I said to them, I said, listen, I'm gonna get an Instagram. They said, don't even do it. Don't even try it.
4: <laughs> don't try. <right? laughs>
0: and Ouch. I don't get it.
4: Maybe right. maybe Pax and Samantha can help me out. Why why don't you all want us? To to, to to have it is like Kaylin is like yo dad I will let you get one but bro I'm gonna tell you what you should be putting on there and what you shouldn't be putting on there she's like if you don't want to do right then I'm cutting you off I'm like wow listen Gen- think- Gen-
2: Jennifer in the chat Jennifer I think is probably a, a boomer and she said tick tick <laughs> <laughs> they, are, they are into
4: Instagram and just recently tick tock you know this is a phenomenon but you know,
5: <laughs> yeah. She said, "Tick tick."
1: Pastor, <laughs> you were gonna say something,
5: Pastor Van. I would almost say I think a lot of people don't have a problem with adults being on Instagram and Twitter, but I think a lot of people don't want to follow their parents on Instagram. Oh, <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> say, maybe parents <laughs> stay out my maybe business be
5: because you know, depending what your relationship with your parents, you're gonna post something or say something or have an opinion or tweet something that you don't want your parents to be like, "Oh, why'd you say that?"
1: Yeah. <laughs> i would call you you're, you're, you're so right as as a parent of a of a Gen Z uh, right now for me. Uh he uh I try to watch but not see it because I'm I'm trying to give him his space. But I wanna know. I really wanna know. So at least I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. But that what? that's that's a good thing in terms of um understanding where their space is. Um uh let me ask this question. Do we do as Gen Zs do you feel any kind of ways when adults get into your space the-
0: mm-hmm.
3: Yeah I mean I'll take this one I guess. Um, yes, personally um, just because of like um, the like I guess the generation gap, which we probably heard of the term before. And it just, like, I may see perspective on, like, a meme. We'll do a meme, for example. I might find a meme very, very funny, and um, which is, like, a picture with words on it, just describing a scenario. And then my mother looks at the meme, and she's like, what is that? And it could be, like, a political thing. It could be something, you know, actually just, like, funny or, like, doctor-related. But it's still, there's a huge generation gap. And then when they try to understand it, it gets a little funky and then we start the lecture and then it's like, okay, why are you listening to this, da da da? da, da, da.
1: And it's just so it spirals. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Yeah. Um there, we have a few folks who are asking, really asking about the designation. Um we had a, a viewer put in the chat that the age group is between nineteen sixty-six and, and um, Nin, I ni- think 96, uh 96.
2: 96.
4: 96. Yeah. No, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and scholars go back and forth yeah. on this thing, you know, ninety-five to 2009 to 2007 you know but that's that group you know there's a little overlap with the uh, millennials and the in the gen z but
1: yeah we we, we mm-hmm. tend to say that the gen z is are the ones finishing high school it, going into college probably even just about to come out of college uh graduate 22 23 24 and so that age group that 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 group there is what we're talking about today
2: yeah, let, let, uh, Elder, there's a, there's a question here. I'm going to put it up here from, from Thelma Mundy. Hey, Sister Mundy. Sister Mundy's one of my teachers at my school there. She says, I understand the designations regarding each group, but I wonder to what end? Do we think that God is interested in these designations? And if so, how?
4: Wow. I think that's
2: a great question. Um, yeah.
4: Yeah, I think I, 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 I would say, you know, and you didn't ask me to respond to this. but I was going to, though. Yes, I was going right. to. Yes.
2: <laughs>
4: um, I, I would say this is this is me and this is the world that I have chosen to uh, not just live in. But this is the world that I work in. And um, and I think that for us to even um, even think that God is not interested um, uh, would be the first tragedy that's just me personally um he's interested in people groups um he's interested interested in people and i think that the more we 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 are social beings and if we don't learn um about each person and each generation we miss stuff and we lose stuff and we are right now on the cusp of losing an entire generation because sometimes we can have an attitude that does that really matter? And I want to say, as a Gen Z parent, it matters not only to me, but it matters to God. And I think that if we would spend the time that it's need that's needed to really connect with this generation, you would be blown away um, at the things that God has poured inside of these um, these teens, these young adults, uh, you know, who are Gen Zers. That will bless you as a boomer um, and is blessing me as a as an Xer and and even millennials. You know, I think that we have to um, be concerned. And I think God is as well. Yeah, that's just me. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll let these Gen Zers talk. You
2: know, yeah. What do you guys say to
5: that, Pack Samantha? Any
2: any any thoughts on that particular
5: question? You. I actually wanted to, apply to uh, reply to Pastor Wade's question about if we have a problem with adults getting into our space. I uh, I, I kind of relate to Samantha's point, but honestly, I don't really mind if adults are in my space. I think the only thing people my age crave the most is we want to have the room to be authentic. So if you're an adult who is going to see my post and have questions and judge me and um, almost want to oppress and force your opinion onto me, I'm I'm blocking you. But I mean, every every adult, no matter how old you are from my church, I have a public Instagram. I let them follow me. But if they start being intrusive and I don't mind if they disagree with me or have whatever. But if they if they try to put me into a box, that that's when it becomes a little bit uncomfortable.
3: Mm. Yeah. And going based off of that, it's, like, again, going just, like, to the definition of who Gen Z is or are, um, we like authenticity. And if you come to us within, like, a place of love and a place of, like, hey, you know, we care about you, but, like, maybe you can go in this direction, then, okay, then we'll listen to you. Because we respect you. I mean, we were, at least I was taught to, like, respect my elders. So, like, I respect your opinion. Come to me. And start saying, oh, your hair is wrong, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. And it's not out of place of love, but it's out of a place of um, trying to like conform me as an um, as Pac said, to like a box or conforming to a specific way of living, then I'm least likely to hear you or at least attempt to understand you because you're coming at me with an energy that I don't want in my life.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Wow. Wow. <laughs> hey, I think that's well said. I, hey, I listen, <laughs> Dr. Henry, just before you go to that next question, I yeah. I would kind of like to to chime in on on the quest that, that other question our system money, why do these designations matter? And I think part of the issue is that People learn absorb information through a cultural reference right so Mm -hmm. cultural references we often think about cultural references being about skin color or all that but culture also has to do with generational cultures there are certain things that are cultural to a specific generation that may not be the same in another generation and so you process information differently and so when it comes to how we um, preach the gospel how we teach how we communicate the gospel gospel, sometimes we do it differently based on different cultures, and I think that that's probably one of the bigger issues of why understanding the differences between the generations becomes important, particularly to us as a a church who's been called to give a gospel to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people, etc. Yeah, I think that's an
0: excellent point, Pastor Paul. I mean, studying people helps us to engage with them in a more intimate way, in a more effective way, and uh, I think that's one of the reasons why we're doing these shows on different generations, so that we can interact in a more effective way. Um, I was reading a, a study on Generation Z, and what one study says is that this is going to be the largest generation. In Over we 2 Z. billion. Yeah. Gen I mean, it, it, it's, so... been <laughs> <laughs> it's been so,
2: working. I,
1: I didn't work
4: long. I only got one. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: So we uh, long, long winters. if I engage with uh, this generation, then I think we're going to really be in trouble. Um, it has another question I want to ask. If we can move on, and uh, and we maybe we have to go back and, and answer a few other questions that are coming on the chat. But you know, traditionally, you know, we talk about the the mission of the Seventh Day Adventist Church, right? And uh, we have said Matthew twenty-eight, Revelation fourteen. It kind of gives us the basis. Of why we are and and what we you know why we do what we do. So my question to Generation uh, Z is, how do you feel about your generation's engagement in fulfilling this mission? I mean, do you feel like um, number one, are is there space for you to engage in the way you want to engage? I think number two, uh, do you feel as you look at your peers, are are your peers even engaged? in this mission?
3: There are aspects of the Great Commission that we are upholding. Um, the fact that we have so much technology now, it can be good or bad, but like people on TikTok, they're actually spreading the Christian message. And people like us um, in our individually, we post our little cute captions with like our Bible verses on them. So like that does spread awareness. But personally, um, I've seen a lot of as my mother calls it, like double standard, I guess, because there's so much distraction. Now in our like society, and every five seconds we're getting bombarded by something else. And it's such a struggle that again, a lot of other generations don't necessarily understand, you know, and there's so much things that like um, body image, there's so much like drinking, smoking. We're like pressured to do so much of these like bad things that a lot of times we do stumble. And I mean that's okay, we all have our own journeys. But I feel like when in terms of growing and sharing the gospel, there's a lot more improvement and a lot more things that we could be doing, um, at least taking it more seriously. Because there's a lot like in my school, we talk about evolution and that's something that we need to know. That's something that's on my test, which is OK. You know, I'm, do- I'm going to be a doctor. I need to know at least what I'm talking about. But that's kind of like say, hey, believe this more. God, we don't know her. We don't know him. Sorry. We don't know him. More evolution. So, like again, a lot of distractions, a lot of things that we can improve on. Mm. I would, uh,
5: I I would agree with Samantha. I would also say that I think we are a generation who, I think I know a lot of young people who love Jesus. I can't speak for everyone. I can't speak for every person, but I think I know a lot of people who have been taught by good teachers to love Jesus. Um, I think people are inspired by the Great Commission. I think this is because we're a generation who we not necessarily you know, we want to save people because we're afraid to go to hell and we need everyone in heaven, but more because we're a generation who's kind of numb to life. We face a lot more anxiety than anyone else. We face a lot more depression, suicidal thoughts. So more than being scared of uh, being, making people scared of dying, which is something that a lot of people are actually flirting with. Um, we just want to share a God that leads us to peace and joy and actually enjoying life. Now I will say I like, I, I think I know a lot of kids who love Jesus, but I don't know a lot of kids who are extremely passionate about the exclusive SDA message. Mm. And, that may sound crazy, but I think we're in a postmodern society where a lot of people easily question things and um, easily question things. And, and we love the gospel. But if something doesn't make sense to us or if we don't really understand why the extra stuff matters, it's not easy for us to just hop on, you know. So if, if, if what we're trying to sell to people is politically incorrect and doesn't hold up, uh, it, it's harder for us to sell.
4: Mm. You know, and I would I would push that a little further because uh, one of the things that uh, we have to be comfortable with, um, which is different for different generations, uh, you know, Dr. Henry, the Pastor Paul, you, you know, Pastor Wade, we didn't ask the question, the one word question, why. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because if we said why, I mean, that was just the preamble to our lips bleeding or, uh, you you know, uh, a slap in the mouth, whatever it took, you know, but this generation, you actually have to be comfortable. As a matter of fact, you have to look forward to that one word, why? And Mm. if you're not willing, I mean, and I don't know, Samantha and Pax, you you all tell me if I'm wrong, but you know, my, you know, my daughter is, is the great uh, leader in the word why, you know, and her thing is, You know, I'm not trying to I'm not saying why because I want to be disrespectful. Mm -hmm. I just want to know why. Tell me why, because for me to just believe it just because that's what you believe is not good enough for her. She actually wants to know why. And you can never be afraid of that question or see it as disrespect. Am I right, guys? Mm -hmm. I would
5: agree. Um, I don't I don't think I would I would want to put an emphasis that I don't think we ask these questions out of being respectful i think that we genuinely want to make it understand up here because without it up here it won't understand here you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. mm
3: -hmm. and like also like if for example if you like if we're asking like a theological question and you don't necessarily know the answer to it don't try and say well just because it has to be that way and just like follow that like just say i don't know let's study this together let's look into this together that will make me respect you more and be more open instead of just saying, oh, yeah, no, I'm not going to do this.
4: Yeah, yeah. Dad, don't, don't try to sell me on anything if you don't know the answer. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's been humbling, uh, but it's been so impactful to say, you know, I don't know that but how about we do this together? Let's, let's find out together, you know? And, uh, bro, I mean, the brownie points go like this. You know, I think the other thing in, in terms of the great commission is this is a generation that loves to actually go and serve. Um, they actually want to get out there and make a difference, but they're not necessarily trying to get out and, and share a Bible study on the Sabbath. They just want to share the love of Christ and how God can be a blessing um, to you in your life. So, Here's some food or here's some clothing or here. I mean, they just kind of want to set the captives free in their own way and uh, not necessarily, um, you know, do it with the motive of I'm trying to get you to actually become a Seventh-day Adventist. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? They're, their thing is, nah, we just want to be a blessing to you and uh, make a difference in uh, whatever it is we get a chance to be involved in.
0: Hey, listen, I'm looking, I'm looking at the chat here. And um, although I think we're going to cover this in another question, I did read this research as as well from Jennifer uh, Sharon. She said Gen Z are less religious, more success oriented, more diverse, more captivated by technology, and embrace different views on sexual identity. So how is the church dealing with this culture? All right, I, I read that study before. Less religious, but how but how does that play into this great uh, mission. Let's talk about our our Gen Zs in the Adventist church. Do we feel like they're less religious?
4: Hey, listen, I, I want to be one of the first ones to say I am thankful that they are less religious because for many of us, we are too religious and we have not learned how to be a Christian. You, you, you know what I'm saying? And I think that's where the the gulf is, that we... we You know, we can uphold why we do what we do based on what has been told to us. Mm. And and that's it. So we're just very religious and their desire is to be Christ like, you know, and it's like, uh, that's dumb. I mean, (laughs) you're telling me don't do this, but come on. Yeah. I mean, you really know that's dumb. And um, (laughs) so tell me why. And then we, we start fumbling and shuffling our feet. We can't stand up on the stuff that we're talking about. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Stop, stop, <laughs> y'all stop being mean to me out there, even those who are watching right now. I mean, y'all know we're super religious, and they are like, we're cutting out all the fat. Right. If this doesn't make sense, we're not down for it like four flats in the neighborhood. It's just ain't <laughs> happening with us. Talk to me, Pax. Talk to me, Samantha. Am I telling the truth? <laughs>
3: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I do want to like uh, um, point out like a Bible verse. Um, Hebrews, I, I wrote it down. Hebrews 13, verse 8. Um, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, like, the word of God does not change. And the message that we have does not change and will not change. It's just, why do we believe in this? Like, um, as is said before as it has been said before we ask the question why so much and I am in the science field and I am learning about like literally moving my finger has about like 15 muscles like and I'm learning by why and how and building up on like how the muscles and how the body works so I want to know the basics and I want to know the foundation why do you believe in this why should I believe in this and if you're kind of like Eh, or like oh because my mom told me or like I was just raised in the church because that's just all I know and that's the good thing and the right thing to do I mean there's obviously I mean, unfortunately there's other alternatives that not me personally but a lot of young people will gravitate to because it seems like they have more answers and I feel like the problem lies within our We're a little bit, like, too comfortable, just don't say that. We're a little bit too comfortable in our, like, knowledge and in our, like, oh, we're Seventh-day Adventists, we don't eat pork, we don't do this, we don't do that, and we proclaim that proud and loud. But then when they ask us, like, okay, so why are you Seventh-day Adventists? Oh, because the Saturday is the Sabbath and, you know, all of that stuff. Okay, so why? Like, prove to me in history, why is that so? And then we're just like, oh, then we don't really know how to answer that so i'm big on facts i like to know facts and things and details so wow. at least for people who are probably like me tell me why show me the back show me the details
2: yeah l- listen i i think that that and i tend to be a little bit of a history buff but you look at kind of the the boomer generation was kind of the first generation that started dipping their toes into the why water um and and so you had you know these all these revolutions in that area. These are your flower, ba- flower childs, your your yeah, you know, and re- rebellious generation, and they started dipping their toes into that, asking why. But what they got from their parents, and what a lot of us got as excerpts from our parents and that builder generation, was he, they knew the answer. They knew the why. They didn't. They didn't say I don't know. They knew, and their answer was often because we said so that's why (laughs) Uh, that was the answer to the why and 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 that's that's that ends up leaving you empty and leaving you with no and you still have that same question because then the next generation says okay well why did you say so (laughs) you know it's like you know that that becomes that thing so that you gotta we gotta have those answers gotta have those. Pax, you look like you were on the verge of there before i i jumped in there
5: Um, I remember when Pastor Henry shared that I think he said our generation is the least religious and maybe like most success oriented. I think to us religious is an ugly word because religion sounds like um, blatantly following something with our eyes closed. And that may sound dangerous, but I will tell you that we do crave a relationship with God because we are probably the most connected generation technology wise. But we're just as lonely as anyone else. So we want to know why we're here. We want to know what matters in life. We want to we want we want to know God. Um, we just don't necessarily think the rules are going to get us there as fast. Mm. Wow.
1: You know. You know. As you talked about that, I have to be honest. Um, as I stayed in youth ministries and got involved in in speaking to different generations, as new generations came on. I have to be honest. When the why question was asked, I had to begin to ask myself. <laughs> What do I believe? It wasn't just to give them give the same typical answer. When I was coming up, um, young kids were not were not allowed or were not pushed into the sports area. You know, as a young child, I mean, everybody wants to be a sports, you know, somebody do NBA or football. But our church was very strong and saying, no, that's not for an Adventist. That's they, they can't keep the Sabbath. They can't do this. They can't do that. And we I, I grew up in a church that kept telling me what I can't do and it was very disappointing and then when young people are looking to you for the answer you you can't just give them the the typical answer that you have gotten you have to start giving them the authentic answer that that says about you and so what i'm hearing from you is that the authentic the authentic responses um are not uh, are more appreciative than um the typical responses when it comes to our church and even if we don't know, growing together seems to be the best mode that we can go on the journey from that point on. But but in terms of that, do you feel um, do you feel that the Seventh-day Adventist mess um, or is, is or because I kind I'm kind of hearing I'm connected to Christ, but I'm not necessarily connected to the, the denomination. Um, is 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 there any importance in the denomination
5: I think that our, and you know, Samantha will back, will back me up and add more to it, but I, I think that our generation wants Christ. I think our generation is a little bit less denomination-based, and probably because it seems like there's a lot of hypocrisy in it. Mm. Um, you know, we may, we may say we're Seventh-day Adventists, but why, you know, but, but it, it, it's me going into a totally different world just to go to a white school. Um, we say we're seven day Adventists, but uh, we barely even understand the rules and whatever. And our leaders want us to act like we live in the 1800s. Wow. So, you know, I was I was on Twitter today, and oh. we're to a message by a prominent, a message by someone, right? And basically, there was a really popular tweet that was someone saying, "I'm Christian by choice, but I'm Adventist by tri- by um, birth and birth and culture," you know. Mm-hmm. And then there was another person who was like, um, I think Adventists are only good at preaching to Adventists because, you know, we just I mean, I almost feel like we tend to be the elitist group of Christianity. Just, oh, we, we're, we're not, you know, we don't eat pork. We're we're Christian, but we're more of the top tier. You know, we're doing it right. So the, the su- supremacy mindset makes it hard to package. And also it's, it's oppression. God's love is culturally relevant. Because everyone's lonely, everyone needs mm. seek those deeper answers. But um, today, when wow. it, when you say you're a Christian, people think, "Oh, you hate gay people." When you say you're a Christian, you think, "Oh, you only care about abortion." When pe- when you say you're Christian, oh, you're just like the the uh, just like the president who holds up a Bible before wow. he wow uh, asks people to take pictures. So I guess it's like, "Oh, you're a Christian." I mean, I know you love people, but okay, come on. <sighs> <laughs> like wow.
3: honestly, you hit the nails on like all of the heads. like. There is so it. I mean, you spoke out the truth genuinely. Like there is, I I joined like a sorority recently, and I I'm very proud of who I am. But I was hesitant, like, there was one point where we had to do interviews on Saturday, and I'm like, oh my goodness, like, how am I supposed to do that? I didn't want, like, I didn't, like, I don't want them, like, I know, I want them to know because that's who I am, but then they're going to judge me, and they're not going to let me in, and like, those things, the stigma around Christian and being Christian, and like, oh, there's, you guys are hypocrites, you guys don't actually stand up for what you believe in, and people, like, there's a saying that people watch you. They do. They really do. Because on like Seventh Day Adventist um, specifically, I see a lot of Seventh Day Adventist youth happy Sabbath taking the picture for the gram, and then the Friday night, they're like not doing Sabbath things, and then um, or they're like maybe eating like some shrimp, or like they're eating a little bit of like pepperoni. So like, yeah. <laughs> not that I'm saying that those things necessarily matter, matter, but I'm just saying that. If you're going to present yourself in a specific way, make sure that everything that you stand for is also in line and correlates to the way that you're like what you're presenting. Because if you're saying that I'm a Christian, but then you do things that are typically non-Christian, like people are going to notice. And that makes a bad rep for all of us Mm -hmm. who are actually, truly and people who are not.
4: Yeah, I think and I think it goes back to that whole authenticity um, is what, you know, Gen Z, they want to see that authenticity, man. And stop being uh, hypocritical with what you're saying. I mean, it's either this way or it's not, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we grew up in that era. You guys don't want to admit it. But, uh, you know, when it came to Sabbath keeping, you know, it's like uh, we got to get our clothes ready on Thursday. Now y'all now y'all now y'all sit here and try to play me like I'm like I'm telling you, I'm you know, like you know really? if you don't have it ready by Thursday, Anselm, you know. I mean you you gotta get your bath on Friday before sunset. I mean, you know, just in my mind, craziness, you know, but that's the kind of era that we've come and so you know, imagine me trying to pass that on to um to Kaylin, and I can't really tell you because no one Ever really told me like this is not this is this is biblical. We have to have our clothes ready. I have to have our shoes shine on Thursday. There is no meal prep on Friday. You cook all your meals on Thursday. Y- y'all feeling me, y'all? Understand what I'm saying? I mean, those kinds of things. That, I mean, these. I mean, all of us need a bath uh, uh, on on Friday night and bless your heart on Sabbath morning. You, you know what I'm saying? You better. You better uh, get. I mean, so you can't be hypocritical and, and 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 your views and stuff in terms of how sabbath is even to be observed i mean you know that is you know i, I and i'm again i'm talking about my, I'm, I'm probably like the last of that era you guys as well you other pastors where you know they kept singing um day is dying in the west until they died in the west you know what i'm saying like they, they were not going to have closing prayer at <laughs> Vesper until it was pitch dark, you know, because they want to make sure that we don't break the Sabbath. You know, those kinds of things. And this generation
2: is saying, are you serious? All right. So watch this. So so I believe it was the German philosopher Nietzsche, um established uh um uh, agnostic, um, doesn't really believe in God. He says that the best argument against christianity is christians mm-hmm. i wonder if we would say the best argument against seventh day adventism is seventh day adventist um if that were part of part of and and there are certainly people who say that right so here's the question let's try to flip that just uh just on its head is there anything that the Seventh-day Adventist church is doing well or is doing right um, to reach or to engage this current generation? Um, what do you see that, that might be a positive direction or some positive strategies or engagements that the church is doing that seems to be um, resonating with um, the Gen Z? And, and if there isn't, what might be some things that they could do? that they uh uh-uh, uh that we cuz we're part of this thing that we could do
5: Mhm I'll uh I'll let Samantha chime in whenever she wants to but um I I might not be as good at pointing out like the specifics mm-hmm. um but I feel like I have grown up in an environment and I don't know if it's the same as everyone else's environment but I feel like I've grown up in an environment where I have seen people who sought out to find a relationship with kids, um, not necessarily sought out to just put a kid on a pedestal and just you know look at him, but not let them like chime in. But no, I, I feel like I've had some good people in my life who actually tried to have a relationship with us. Um, when Pastor Vanion and Pastor Wade were working in the same, were, you know, working in the same region where I lived, um, they would often uh, seek out to mentor us in their engagement. So I think, I think. Whenever adults try to hear us out, whenever they try to answer the why question or just be honest, um, I think that's always a step in the right direction.
3: Mm. Okay. I like that. And I mean, I'm glad that you have that wonderful experience. Unfortunately, I had the opposite. Um, mm. There were in a lot of people trying to reach out to me and trying to connect to the youth. I mean, I see that more coming out now. Um, But when I was growing up and when I was in like the question, who am I? What am I like type of like situation in life? There was not a lot of support for me. I just had my parents, which are the best people. And I'm the way I am today because of my parents. But I feel um, I just lost my train of thought. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, I feel like there's just should be more the resources that we have for like SDA people. We are, like, the best family ever. Like, I don't know how else to describe it, but, like, if I go to Wisconsin and I see a Seventh-day Adventist person, I'm like, oh, my goodness, you're SDA! I like, there's, like, a small... or small community, but... I don't know, when we, like, have that common ground, it's it's so nice to, like, be like, oh, you're Seventh-day, I'm Seventh-day, we have common things to, like, talk about, so that, and then Pathfinders is so engaging, and that's one of the things I really, really loved. Camping, I have so many memories of falling down and, like, doing some weird nature stuff, like, I, those are the best things for me <laughs> in the church.
1: Go oh, Pathfinders. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, I, I, heard, I heard what is being shared here, and I have to just, as a, as a leader in this church, I have to say that our church, the Seminary Adventist Church, has been very strong in providing ministry um, for your age group. Um, we spend tons of dollars, Pastor Vandion can probably share with us some of the things. What are some of the things your department is doing? Because I know, because we work together, I know you're very um, intentional in this age for for ministry to this age group and so i don't know what if our our viewers may want to hear what are some of the intentional things that the church is doing this is not by accident these are things intentionally that you're doing uh to support this age. yeah well
4: you know right now you know we we actually believe that um you know what these gen z's have just talked about you know just like like, what does the Bible have to say, you know, as opposed to what do I have to say and what are my traditional beliefs and things of that nature? And so we we're intentional about getting into the word and studying. You know, we call it Sabbath school. Um, it's not a brand new term. It's definitely not a uh, modern term, uh, but we believe that Sabbath school is nothing more than Bible study. And, right. uh, and so we have been intentional um, about uh, providing Bible Bible study on a weekly basis from our office and also uh, just providing resources and tools for uh, for teens to study God's word um, on our all that stuff is on our website. Um, we we believe that you know talking to God is not a strange phenomenon. it's something that, you know, Gen Z likes to do. They want to. They want to be able to talk to God and know that God is real. He actually hears them, um, no matter when they decide um, to call on Him. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and so, you know, we provide resources on how to pray and what does that look like, and how do I uh, cultivate a relationship with God through prayer and my peers, things of the nature. I mean, those are some of the intentional kind of things that we do um, now. But I've I've just been a diehard you know, lover of teens, you know, all of my ministry. And uh, for me, I'm always listening to them. What is it that they feel like they need? And then how do we provide it in a way that brings them closer to Jesus Christ? And so many of these youth congresses and things of that nature that we've done over the years uh, have only been designed to create a moment for teens to decide, not only do I want to be a Seventh-day Adventist, for us um, as leaders, when we've done this, our main goal is to give them an opportunity to decide that they want to follow Jesus Christ. And we've made that the priority for us um, because we do believe, you know, and Pastor Wade, you know this, that if we can get them to fall in love with Christ, then they'll fall in love with whatever Christ is requesting of them, requiring of them. And so that's kind of some of the things that we've We've done over the years, and we put a lot of financial resources in that, and a whole lot of human resources in, in those kinds of things. And uh, and I would say that by and large, they have made a difference in the life of of teens. They get a chance to years later, they talk about those kinds of things and that and their experiences of uh, during that time. So.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you know, our, our viewers are asking questions in terms of um, some of them are feeling kind of down. They, they feel like if we have failed our Gen Zers um, over the years. Um, I don't know if Pax and Samantha, particularly since you are the Gen Zers here, can you share with uh, our viewers um, um, other than, you know, we, we kind of maybe we did paint a picture of, of it being real tough but what are some of the positive things what 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 is keeping you in the church you know at this point
3: for me it's the support well i know we just like kind of said like there's no support but it to me it is the support um and just having i i before this whole corona pandemic nonsense things that happened um i looked forward to going to church every single sabbath i look forward to i'm a big music lover i love listening to the hymns and the the harmonies and just the music and just all of that and then there and i go to a wonderful church now where everyone is so nice and so loving and i just i like i can't wait to be in an environment where i can feel peace i mean there's a lot of things happening in the world today um that churches are not necessarily you know for me i have like But um, I feel peace and I love church and I just, I don't know, I look forward to it. And like being engaged and involved in my singing ministry, that's also one of the things that really like helps me feel connected. So that's what I like. Hmm.
5: I would agree with Samantha. Um, I think the two factors that apply to us and probably everyone is that we want an intimate relationship with God And probably the biggest thing keep us in the church is we want an intimate relationship with other people. Um, Good, Mm. solid relationships with people we can do life with, not people who necessarily meet us and um, are oppress their views and are super intrusive, but help us find the answers to life's tough uh, problems and help us figure out where we fit in this crazy culture. Wow. Mm. Love it. it. Absolutely. I
2: am almost wondering as i as i you know i'm reading some of those those comments as well uh yeah. pastor wade and i'm wondering if there is not a sense among uh, within the church that we don't want to look at our own failures and and so we want to try to find something to make us feel better about the fact that we are bleeding young people like an open wound that cannot be closed, that the reality, as nice as we want to paint the picture, here's the reality. The reality is that we are losing young people in this Seventh-day Adventist remnant church like nobody's business. And so to want to try to dress it up and to make it look like it's something different than it is does not help to fix the the, the the flow. And so perhaps it's in conversations like this that we recognize the reality of some of the things that's happening so that we have a little bit more motivation to do something about it um, rather than just to, to gripe and complain about it. And I really appreciate um, the honesty yeah. and, and the, the transparency of, um, of, of our young people here who have uh, have just shared what they have shared. and, and I think that um, that thinks Samantha about, yeah, that there there are still some Gen Zers who love hymns. I saw Vandion's <laughs> eyebrows go up when he said that. There well, are I, was some, it, I was loving I was it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's that's that. All right. Um, Dr. Henry, where where or Dr. Wade, where are we going next? Yeah, well,
1: you know, um, I kinda we started down this road in terms of um, um, we, we talked about this in the last generational series we had in terms of marginalization. Most Gen Zers don't get the opportunity to walk. Uh, when you talk to millennials, they they have a choice. They they say, "Hey, I'm gone. I'm not I'm I'm not I'm not going to hang around." Most Gen Zers are still in their mothers and fathers' homes, and so they still have to go along with the program. Um, uh, so so my Gen Zers who are here, do you feel marginalized? Do you feel as if um, you're generalized and just here take this and, and and that's it? Or um, are, are there any? Are there any examples of the marginalization that that Gen Zers feel or experience?
5: Uh, I think we feel marginalized when we don't have permission to be ourselves. Um, I think in us seeking authenticity... Um, Because Gen Zers, I guess we are a very you-do-you culture, not saying that we don't care about each other, but we are totally against any um, institution that is forcing their philosophy onto us. So I think we feel marginalized when we are not properly displaying Um, which issues of religion are at the top and salvific and super important and which ones are open to interpretation, what Mm. is open to um, your culture, your tradition. I think sometimes we feel marginalized when we blur the lines of, you're going to hell for this and I interpret the Bible this way, so I practice it in this way. Mm
3: -hmm. And I also feel like there's maybe, like, not... A lot of communication um and and like on both parties and both sides um so for example like if I have an idea I'm like maybe you know listen to me like I maybe have an idea for like the church and for like the children's ministry Mm -hmm. but then I maybe put down because oh she's just a gen z she's a young person she's like she doesn't know about life yet or like things they underestimate our capabilities and yes we don't know everything yes we are young that's why you guys are here so you can instruct us and show us the right path but listen to us we have some things that are good to say you know that's why i love this panel so much we're able to be able to like talk about things that are very real to us and you guys are listening so.
4: i do
5: too i appreciate it
4: yeah you know I, i'll tell you as as a um as a pastor um of, of a local church um I can tell you that Gen Z is marginalized, um you know, and Samantha just kind of spelled it out because we still have a generation of leaders who feel like certain responsibilities that happen in the church are only designed mm-hmm. or set aside for an older generation. Mm-hmm. And I have always said, and I'll continue to say it, there's nothing holy about you leading the invocation or taking up the tithe and offering and all those kind of things on that, that just because you're doing it as an elder doesn't make you holy and doesn't make it uh, a responsibility that's only designed for the elder. And mm. I think that we have gotten to the point, even um, in COVID, you know, I'm still watching content uh, that, that that's a challenge. That's a different discussion, but I'm still watching content That was in the local church, Dr. Henry, that has just been transposed to uh, social media and nothing has changed. Like you haven't even tried to engage a generation that can actually help you get more than three people watching you live. (laughs)
2: Like
4: you have a full service and you got three people who are watching you when you can Mm. engage Gen Z, who will probably get your numbers to at least 13. Come on now. (laughs) (laughs) And and I'm and and I'm like, you know, our challenge is that we think that stuff is so sacred for us as adults or the older generation, and we are living lives that don't line up to what Christ would have us to to be. And yet these teens are authentic. They are, you know, you don't have to figure out if there's an agenda. They don't have hidden agendas. It is what it is. When you see them, that's what you see. And mm-hmm. they they don't have good ideas. They have God ideas. And I know do. We're just uncomfortable doing it because, man, if we do it that way, Samantha, that means church will be done in 45 minutes. Hallelujah! <laughs> I mean, why, why are we taking three hours to have this service when we could actually go out and be of service that that's that's just they are marginalized and i think that we have to get to the point where we're comfortable with them leading now Mm. and how however that listen samantha and pax have said it they they appreciate the support of the older generation being with them walk alongside me don't walk out on me
1: That's true. Uh, I mean, when you if you look if you listen to stories, I just heard a story. Um, the 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 person who owns the U Version Bible app, um, they just reached over four hundred million downloads, and um, he shared that it was a Gen Zer, someone nineteen years old, that helped him. He engaged a Gen Zer to help make that app what it is today. I, 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 you know, when I think about that, um, what can Pax and Samantha do to help move the gospel ball down the track for us as Seventh-day Adventists? The only way they can get that is if we give them the opportunity.
0: Mm.
4: Yeah, they need to teach all of us TikTok, man. <laughs> <laughs> Have a ministry hey. called TikTok, man. Just- hey, 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 Doc Henry, man, my <laughs> daughter, man, bless her heart, man. So are like, Dad, you got to do this TikTok with me. Now, can I just be honest? I don't want to do it. You know, because I'm like, first of all, I, I have like, uh, what's the word? Oh, no rhythm. Yeah. I mean, none whatsoever. You know, but you better believe because I am more interested in my relationship with her than I am with some movement that she's trying to get me to you know to do it man i ended up having the time of my life i'm like yo c- can we do another one she's like calm yourself, calm, <laughs> calm yourself. <laughs> you know let's you know let's do more let's do more and i think that that we have to have those kind of relationships with pax and samantha like right. what is it that i can learn in your world and how can i come alongside you and be of support to you in your world and as i'm doing it you know, I'm learning that K- Kaylin is happy to to enter my world and understand kind of where I'm coming from and why I am shaped the way I am. And we're not having issues with it. We're just learning together.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. We, you know, we talk about engagement of uh, the Gen Zers and we definitely got to make space for that, because if we want to grow, we got to We got to grow with the Gen Z. They have ideas. And I like what you said. God ideas. I know that, um, you know, the pandemic kind of uh, exposed a lot of things in our church. Uh, it it, it kind of told us, listen, uh, some things that we're doing, we just need to, you know, listen, there's some departments right now, I don't even know if they're going to be in existence after, after COVID-19, because uh, we just realized that we have to be relevant. But one thing that was just highlighted among the pandemic, we had this social injustice, right? This unrest in the nation. And so um, looking at some research, they said that the Gen Z generation, you know, just looking at their, um, looking at them, they're more racially and ethnically diverse than previous generations, right? So just looking at this generation, that's going to become one of the largest uh, generations that we've had in recent times. So I want to ask our Gen Zers and, and Pastor Griffin, you know, chime in. How do you feel about the race relations in the church and in society? Because, you know, we, we had some shows on it. We had uh, talked about George Floyd and Breonna T- and the list goes on and on. So how do the Gen Zers feel about this, about this race relation in society? And then we come to the church. You know, I think that uh, previous shows and it's all over, you know, um, social media talking about the re- race relations in the church. How do you feel about that?
5: Um, I would... I would say that I think everyone has a different perspective. I would also say that I think we are in arguably one of the most polarized and divisive times in our country's history, uh, politically and racially. Um, But what I hate to say is I think sometimes the church is one of the biggest reasons why we are so divisive and polarized. I don't think that, you know, our mascot for the church tends to be people that uh, infuriate racism. And here's the thing. Um, Our mascot. No, but... but, but, but
2: (laughs) (laughs) Keep that in the box, Pax. Keep that in the box.
5: But but, but here's the thing. One thing we do in the Adventist church is that we only preach to ourselves. Mm. Uh, So we all have an opinion. We all have our problems. When the marching starts, um, we are all at the rallies. And we preach to our section, but because there are two teams mm. in our camp, this camp is preaching to this camp and this camp is preaching to this camp. I have been wow. Um, I have loved my education, but I have gone to Christian schools my entire life, and I have no white friends. Um, I went to a white school, no white friends, one Hispanic friend. Um, and that's just the way it is, and we don't talk about it. And wow. I know the country is crazy, but we preach to our team, and they preach to their team, and it's how it is. I love wow. mm-hmm.
3: I also think that kind of goes back to, like, I think the point that we made before about um, how Christianity and just the word religion is associated with negative connotations. Um, a lot of times... Yeah, I say this, but like, like the white supremacists and all of those people, they're proudly like, I am Christian, you know, and there, there is a stigma that comes along with that name. And there is certain, there are certain, um, things that people associate with Christianity as, like, oh, we don't like these people, or we only, like, care about ourselves, or we do this and we do that. And then people always bring the crusades that happened 20,000 years ago. Not really. It was, like, about, like, 100 to 200 years ago. But it was a long time, in my opinion. Um, so people bring those up and say, like, you guys are the ones who are hateful. You guys are the ones who are this and who are that. And it's our, um, it's our job to change that. We need to stand up. We need to say, no, we're not going to stand for this type of behavior. We're not going to stand for you associating us with things that are not what we believe in and not what we actually like. We're not being Christ like if we associate ourselves with like hate. So, especially with race, there is quite a lot of racism in the Seventh day Adventist Church. That is, no one talks about it. At all, I mean, I've been to churches where the leaders were all primarily or mostly white and they were very angry that someone else who was not a part of um, that ethnicity that they just came and they like they were qualified, but they were mad that they got the position as elder and they actually left that church and went to a different church so they could feel more comfortable. That's the problem. That right there is something we shouldn't do. We shouldn't be showing. I was young when this happened. And I still remember that. What is that saying? And what is that showing to our youth? What is that showing to the people who look into the SDA church and want to be a part of it and want to find solace in our beliefs? What is that showing them? Mm. Something to think about. Wow.
4: Wow. Yeah. When I, when I, when I survey what happens outside of the church, um, in relationship to my daughter, um, every year in Nashville, at the conclusion of school, uh, we would enroll Kaylin in this camp um, in Nashville called Camp Biztown, and um, you know she was the only dark person in the and, and Kaylin's not dark she's she's PAX color but she's black. And um, after being there for a week, my daughter has. All of these friends, I mean, I mean, they are calling her by name. She's calling him by name. I mean, they are just the best of friends. They don't have any issues. On that last day, is when the parents are invited to be a part of what has happened. Wow! <laughs> and you can imagine the 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 uncomfortableness that comes along with that last day when you come in there and you see your kids playing with this kid and like, they're not just playing. I mean, they have become the best of friends in one week, you know, and it, 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 it you can tell that the parents are not trying to have a real conversation um, with me. Cause if you haven't figured it out, I can't pass for being anything other than black, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Kaylin and Samantha and, you know, the, you know, you guys are a little lighter, but I am for sure. You know what I'm saying, <laughs> Doc Henry? And so when they see me, you know, it's like, oh, man, yeah, she she really is. You know, we're not trying to have this kind of discussion with him. And I'm learning that's kind of how it is with the church. It's not necessarily the Gen Zers. It's that older generation that is still yet holding on. And we can watch it even when we post stuff on our Adventist sites. And then we notice that it goes when it goes worldwide you start seeing all kinds of people responding why are we supporting this this looks like it you know we should leave that out and we shouldn't have, this is political and you know our issues are not the issues that our that the Gen Zs have you know my daughter was very adamant about going down and being a part of black lives matter marches and you know all of these kinds of things and i think that our challenge is we have to get to know people of all cultures I work with a Hispanic and a Caucasian, and I will just say to you, it has been the best thing that ever happened to me in my life because it's been so long, as Pac says, you know, we preaching to ourselves in this group and preaching. But I grew up in a church in Joliet, Illinois, where everybody was at the church, you know, Chinese, African Americans, I mean, Latinos, all in one place. And, uh, you know, if nothing else was good, the potluck was good. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now say <laughs> Amen. But we all learned how to worship together and yeah. get, it, it appeared that we got along as far as I can see.
1: Mm-hmm. So, I was wondering how long would it would take before we got to food. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so,
2: so listen, I'd be very curious, um, um, Pax. You you unpacked a, a whole lot of truth bombs in that, um, and and just exposed some realities. Both you and Samantha. What would you do if there was something that you could do to kind of address or fix? Some of the situations, and in terms of the question that Dr. Henry asked, the racial issues that exist in the church, how would you fix it? If if we if we put you at the desk, you had the power of the pen to to write the the this is how it's going to be. What would you do? How would you make the, what what differences would you make in the current situation? <laughs> Go ahead, Samantha. <laughs>
3: Honestly, that is. That is like a very like there's no desert direct plan um, like to, to to the road of equality. Um, but I was I was doing an interview and they asked a similar question, and I believe I'm an optimist, but I believe that communication is one of the things that we can jumpstart this process. We all have different backgrounds, we all have different stories, we all have different journeys that we take that we have taken, and in order for us to understand each other and to relate a little bit to each other and have that community, we need to talk to each other, share our stories. Why, if someone who is not being marginalized or not being oppressed, why do you feel like, how can I understand you? Like if someone was white and talking to a black person or an African-American person, then they they should ask questions like, how can I understand you? Why have you gone through, or not why have you gone through this? Like, what has been your journey? And then we share. And those things could lead to open communication and could lead to things that could better offer our church. That's my only jumpstart solution, but that needs to be done first before we can really do anything, Mm -hmm. in my opinion.
5: Um. I would I would agree with Samantha I think communication comes first um I, I don't know exactly where to start like it almost seems like you're asking from a legislative leadership standpoint um, I know it definitely starts in the heart there we got to have mm-hmm. conversations with people and be able to admit uh, when we're wrong when we're right being able to actually be honest um, and not get too... Uh, I, I I but if I had to if I had to say something like, you know, specific. I would say from our leadership, be careful what type of "quote unquote" um, goal culture we are promoting. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the culture that we want in the Adventist Church may leave a group of people out. Mm-hmm. That's the only part I'll say. Man, and you know, I'm, I'm not gonna say
4: anything deep or heavy. But I just think that it begins with with an apology, mm.
3: mm.
4: and an authentic apology for what was done and what has been done. The damage is generationally, yeah. um, and somebody needs to be Christ like enough, Christian enough, to apologize, and then let's have a conversation. Where do we go to from here i think i think and I think we need to do that as a group um i'm not a I'm not expecting one person to be able to fix this uh we need we need the spirit of the living God living on the inside of us, and I think that conviction from the Holy Spirit would lead us to have an opportunity to apologize and then let's work together, pray together, and then chart a course together as a group
2: mm. Wow. All right. I I, I think we've uh, had a dive into some good stuff today. We are just about out of time. I want to throw this hard close question at you. If there were two things that you could change. Adjust about the current engagement strategies of the seventh day Adventist Church is how it relates to generation Z two things that you could change what would those things three things that might inspire a greater commitment to to relationship with God to the mission of the church um, what would you change two things if you just got
5: one fine if you got three fine I would say um make relationship with God the first priority and then how our methodology comes after. And then I would say always willing to be authentic, always willing to admit you don't know the answer or you may be wrong. Awesome. Mm.
3: Yeah, I agree. Um, I would also just add on to that. I uh, know I'm probably a broken record by now, but communicate with us, listen to us, no matter if it's Gen Z, millennials, everybody in the church has, I mean, we're all in the church for a reason and we're all here. So at least listen to what we have to say, try and understand us. And if you can't, well, at least listening should be enough, you know? Hmm.
4: Wow. Hmm. And I would ask that the change that I would like to see is the Holy Spirit to change me personally Hmm. and, uh, and those around me uh, that that's a part of this church. And then how do we ask the spirit to help us to change the structure and how we deal with human resources and financial resources that relate to our, our church that needs to be, um, um, you know, birth today. You know, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm super concerned. And this is a conversation for another moment, but not only for Gen Z, but the alpha generation that is to follow and if we don't make decisions now about how we use financial and human resources re- related to this group um you know you, we're not meeting in buildings right now we may not even be meet, meeting on <laughs> on social media
2: wow. 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 wow wow
5: wow
1: well listen i just want to say thank you we have had an awesome hour and a half i don't know if you realize the time has flown by so quickly Um, I want to sit here and and just engage all some more, but our time will not allow it. But I just want to say thank you, Samantha. Thank you, PAX, for allowing us to enter your space and for being real. I mean, I I couldn't ask for a more real discussion. Uh, Our viewers will begin to wonder, you know, what's going on here. But I think I hope they realize that just in the way you answer, spoke volumes in how we can engage you um yeah. I, I hope they got that because um this generation is important because i believe they along with the millennials and along with generation alpha is going to help finish the work of jesus christ on this earth and so i want to say thank you pastor griffin thank you so much um what what um what What's uh, some of the place? Where can we connect with some of the resources you, you talked about?
4: Yeah, uh, AdventistYouthMinistries.org. I'm I'm going to throw it in the uh, Facebook chat here um, and throw some of those resources that we talked about today. Is mental mental health um, day and uh, say it again.
1: Mental Health Awareness Day.
4: Yeah, Mental Health Awareness Day. We have a whole series on mental health that I think will be a tremendous blessing to um, anybody who would want to put their hands on that. Uh, Then Gen Z in prayer and uh, what that looks like. Uh, I'll throw all of those resources in the uh, Facebook chat here.
1: Praise God. Thank you so much. Listen, guys, we are so excited about this series. We had planned um, only to do the Millennials and the Gen Zs. But somehow, as we were talking this week, we realized we've got to jump one more, uh, at least one or two more generations. That's right. That's right. So, so we are excited to announce that on next week, we yes. will have the third uh, in, in the series on engaging the generations. We're going to be talking about engaging the alpha generation. That's right. That's right. You don't want to miss that discussion. If you thought this one was tough, Oh, that one's going to be even tougher because that those are our babies; those are where our hearts are. Uh, yeah. That alpha generation,
0: right, right, right. And listen, um, on on that note, you know, we we're going to invite not only. I think most of our viewers are like uh, Generation X. Raj, is that is that it? Most of them. <laughs> that's of the, correct. Listen, we're, we're going to invite. We're going to invite those with alphas to come on the. The, um, to listen to our show next week as well. So we want our children to listen to the show as well, because um, I just believe that what we have to say next week and the discussion next week will hopefully inspire engagement, because that's what this thing is all about, trying to engage people of every different generation so that we can finish this work. And again, uh, I, I thank God for the leaders that were on today. Amen. Uh, Pat and Samantha, they are leaders. And I want to challenge our church. Get Generation Z involved. Get them involved because they have ideas, they have um, plans that can impact the community and the church. Wonderful job.
2: I hear I see somebody in the chat I think it's Claudia saying we should do Gen X boomers and builders as well. Actually after the alphas that last series we're going to do on generation is going to be on the builders. Uh we did kind of yeah. skip the boomers but we're going maybe maybe we can lump them together the boomers and the builders. So that's coming on at the end of the month as well. Hey.
4: Hey, Pastor Paul, that's all so I saw where somebody said, then bring all generations back together and have one finale. So, hey,
2: <laughs> hey, 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 hey. And if
4: you guys decide to do that, you know, yeah. I, don't, I don't usually uh, bid and appeal, but, uh, you know, I, I'm appealing. <laughs> I want to be a part of that one because <laughs> awesome. uh, I think we should bring our gloves. Hey, let's fa- fight a little bit and then pray you know? but, but you listen, know what it, that's it, it, that's it, it, the council Any,
0: anytime the bishop wants to come on man you just <laughs> in and, hey i'm on we just <laughs> hey but
2: you know what that is essence in essence the council that we got from our zers today is the communication yes. to put everybody at the table we've been doing these segmented things but to be able to let them come together and have that conversation that's awesome um elder elder wade would you you take us out man
1: Well, listen, thank you again to our viewers. Listen, we want to engage you um, in our group. Join the Pastors' Roundtable group. Uh, At the end of this month, we're going to have a giveaway. We're going to give away, um, we talked about a a microphone. The things that we're doing, we're using, the tools that we're using for this show, we're going to start resourcing um, you on that. So you want to be a member of the group in order to be able to be in the runnings for that giveaway. So please join the group, like us on Facebook, Uh, subscribe on YouTube, Uh, hit the bell so you can get a notification. I'm learning all the stuff now. Hit the bell (laughs) so you get a notification of what's happening in the Pastors Roundtable. We're also on, on Instagram and on Twitter. So be engaged. I want you to know that we thank you for what we have experienced today. We want to thank our guests again. And we want you to know that uh, you joining us today helps us here at the Pastors' Roundtable to help keep ministry
0: relevant,
2: resourced,
0: and real. God bless.